0: It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton.
1: All right, welcome aboard, Dennis and Brady. Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Uh, Two have advanced. Two were knocked out. The football season is waning down on us. Yes, it is. Uh, And, uh, well, we talked about
2: the other three games on the last show. Uh, Marine City. It was it was a very good game. It was it was kind of like what we talked about in the last show. when you get when you get two teams that are both good and would you say they were pretty evenly matched?
1: Yeah, in in the end, I'll I'll say they were pretty evenly matched. I I think um, one team is more organized than the other, but the disorganized team is the one that came out on top.
2: So I guess we'll uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll look at the matchups coming up. And, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out what to talk about because we still have a little bit of time. Basketball season starts a little later. Remember, hey, 22-game basketball season this
1: yeah, year. Yeah, 22-game basketball season this year. I'm excited about that. I, I don't mind an extra week or so of basketball. And the Larry Manns isn't too far away. Larry Manns uh, is, uh, well, What well, we're already in November, so that's uh, Thanksgiving uh, weekend.
2: Yeah, we're about, what, two and a half weeks from that?
1: That's the Friday and the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Exactly. Which is when the finals for football are going on.
2: Yeah, because last year we were separated, weren't we?
1: Yep. So, all right. We, we, uh, we'll, I don't mind that, by the way. <laughs>
2: we'll figure out what to talk about.
1: <laughs> Might be separated this year. Ubley could get to yes, the forward field. They probably will. I so, mean, we'll, but we'll, anyway. We'll see what happens. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, <laughs> the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice.
2: Marysville.
1: And you're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. So, yeah, Saturday night at East China Stadium, it was Flint-Hamity against Marine City since the playoffs began, even before the playoffs began. Because, because we started the week before they played the first-round games, I have been going Flint-Hamity-Shmamity. Yes. Hamity-Shmamity. They're 8-1 and one against a bunch of nobodies. Well... Turns out Anthony's got some dudes. I mean, they're, they're an interesting <laughs> team. They're kind of chaotic. Um, their, their quarterback is one of those guys that will make you go insane because you think you've got him tackled for an 18-yard loss. Then he gets away from that guy. And you think, well, we still got him tackled for a 10-yard loss, and then he gets away from that guy. And then you're thinking, well, if these three guys get him, you still got him for a two- or three-yard loss, and then he's by those guys, and it's like, well, these next three guys better get him or he's going all the way.
2: Yeah, and it just – I mean, some teams thrive in controlled chaos. That's – some teams, like Marine City, you see the structure is there – and they ha- it's it's almost like a flow chart. If this player does this, we do this. And I always talk about the back-breaking Marine City play. That's how you get it. And it, I don't want to say that the Hamity team wasn't, like, well-coached or anything because – there's a way to let your guys go out and play, I don't want to say schoolyard football, but sometimes let your athletes go be athletes, and sounded like they did a really good job of that.
1: Well, th- they definitely run a system around the quarterback so that he can run around and be creative, and he is. He's got a good arm, and he runs well, but he wasn't even the real story of the game because the real story of the game was Deshaun Douglas, the running back, who had 170 yards and five touchdowns and four of them were basically the same play.
2: Yeah, I heard Counter was a was a killer for Marine City.
1: Yeah, uh, they, they they probably at least by the third time they probably knew it was coming and they still couldn't figure out a way to stop the guy. He would get through that first line of defense and then sprint down the far sideline into the end zone every time. Because I wasn't there, I need I need you to
2: answer this for me. Was there a big size disparity up front? Because uh, Marine I, City's not small,
1: but they're not huge. No, I mean, Hammity was bigger, but I don't know that they were like... You know, w- without benefit of, of replays and seeing everything live, and again, at East China Stadium, we're a little further back for the broadcast than we are at a lot of other places. But it, it, I wasn't sitting there going, wow, Marine City's getting just blown up at the line.
2: Okay. I just wanted to know because I didn't know if it was the running back being really good or him having a hole big enough to run a Mack truck. I
1: mean, it, it's probably a combination of, of both. I think too probably the Mariners are looking at it going we need to tackle better. Right. Um so I, I think it's it, it's a combination of all those things. Um but uh, that that's an incredible performance by by that guy. It, it was just it, it was a hard at at certain points it was a hard to describe game. Right, because it, it, it there was just a lot of Chaos, I call it, going on. Um, and, and in all of it, Jeff Heslop was doing his thing. Um, he, he was banging. He got yards. He got touchdowns. There was a, a fourth and inches play where they're just running a play to get a first down, and 48 yards later he's in the end zone because when he starts running downhill, like, he's a powerful runner.
2: Right. Yeah, he runs mean and angry. Yeah, he
1: did that against Yale. Like he's he's not slow by any stretch of the imagination, but he's not what you would call your traditional speed back. No, he's a guy that I I dare you to try and tackle me because I'm going to run through it.
2: Absolutely. Um, Just with this game, and well, because he had to do that because Zach Tetler went down after coming back. You didn't really know what, but it was what. Right before halftime, yeah, around It
1: was about uh, probably middle of the second quarter. There's probably five or six minutes left in the quarter, maybe. Um, and, and at the time he limped off, I wasn't sure he wasn't coming back. Because nobody helped him. Like, they came out and looked at him. He was down for a minute. But he got up and he hobbled off under his own power. And a lot of times you see kids do that. and Right. Like, okay, he'll, he'll be back. And especially, you think, with the halftime break. Yeah. So, I really wasn't sure until we got into the third quarter. And it's like, okay, there, there's no Tetler. He's not coming back. Right. Um, so, I, I wasn't sure until that point. But Paul Muscat did a really nice job. He had a 30-yard touchdown run in the game that, at the time, I thought it was a huge touchdown. His five-yard touchdown catch just before the half. as They had two seconds left, running a play from the five-yard line. They roll out. He catches the ball at about the two and then struggles to just get the ball to the pylon for the score. I mean, it was huge. And then he has a 30-yard run to start the fourth quarter mm-hmm. to put them up by eight. So, I mean, yeah, they didn't have Tetler, but the guy who got those touches did Tetler-like things. Right, and he's
2: always been a good player for them, and his role has just increased, and he's going to be more of a feature next year with some of the seniors leaving. But, uh, Dennis, there was a point in the game where you felt like Marine City was just going to do what they do and find a way to win when, for whatever reason, Hammity kicked off to Marine City right after he took the lead and it sounded like whoop right up the middle was going you're going to have a touchdown and well I, I don't know who the player was that made the tackle but that might have been the most important play of the game.
1: Well, I didn't I didn't catch who got the tackle either because I wasn't expecting anybody to get a tackle. Right. Like he well it was Muscat, and he was near midfield. Um he was like at the 46 or something like that and it was like once he runs past this next tier of players, it's wide open, and I was getting ready to say, you know, 40, 30, 20, yeah. 15, 10, forget about it. He's into the end, and all of a sudden an arm came out, and he was down at his own 46. If If there were one highlight from the whole game that I would show to you so that you could see how close Marine City was, to maybe probably taking the lead again, if they kick the extra point, they're they're back in the lead, um, and maybe they win that game. I mean, but you know what that means, you know, right? Well, and
2: again, you can play the what if game they, because they
1: didn't get it. The kid did make a tackle, but whoever that kid is, the he should get a game ball. Yes, because. He's probably the reason Hammity's moving on this week. and they, ended As up, much as what everybody else did.
2: Right. They ended up getting the stop. And the one thing, again, you're there so you can feel the flow of the game. Uh, Marine City was a little aggressive on fourth down at times. Um, other times near the end of the game, they trusted their defense and got the ball back. What did you make of those decisions? Because those are ones I always say it, and I'll say it uh, when I'm doing a broadcast. You have to first guess it. You can't wait to see what the result is. And, like, oh, well, they're going for the fourth down. And when they don't get it, go, oh, why'd they go for it? Or if they make it, go, ah, what a great call. Like, you have to say in the the moment what it is.
1: The other thing about this is Darren Letson and his staff know his guys a lot better than I do. Right. This is the first time I saw the Mariners this year. It's the first time I've seen the Mariners since 2018, actually, because I usually send you to East China to cover them. Um so they know what their guys can do. The fake punt I personally would never fake punt at that part of the field. Right. I'm not a big fake punt guy. They're cool when they work. You, you, and there and are times and places on the field
2: you are generally more conservative just in general. Yeah, like don't go for two for the win. Don't fake it. Where t- where sure
1: where you can catch people off guard. I didn't think you were going to catch anybody off guard there, and I also didn't like the distance.
2: What was the like, situation?
1: I, 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 again, because it caught me off guard when it happened, but it was fourth and at least 10, maybe 11, and you're near your 20-yard line. Now, the one thing I will say And you say came that- out in a punt formation, and then the kid ran under center. They, they took the snap, and then they, they ran to the, uh, to the right, and, yeah, I mean, it, it, it didn't get anything. Like, it wasn't even dangerous of getting something. It wasn't like he, ooh, he turned the corner, there's a chance. Oh, damn, they tripped him up. Yeah,
2: like the star. No,
1: it was he came out and boom, they stuffed it. Right. So, I'm not going to run that play. But, again, that might be something that Marine City doesn't have success with. Or
2: they saw something on film where they saw. Yeah, where they
1: thought they had something um, that they could. That they but could again, do that
2: the what-if game, you're judged by – fair or not, you're judged by the results.
1: Now, later on, if, yeah. they, if they're out near the, the 40 or midfield and they want to run that play, I'm not going to say a word. But just where they were on the field and the distance, it was in the I, first wasn't half, com- I wasn't comfortable w- with that one. Um, and maybe they were thinking that, too, because really it, it was weird. The first quarter of the game, the teams were getting stops. Second quarter of the game, nobody got a stop. Third quarter of the game, teams were getting stops. Fourth quarter of the game, there weren't any stops until – and Amity wasn't getting a stop. Time just ran out on Marine City. They were at the 15 right, driving it down now, the, the field. Now, the
2: other two I just I want to address because they were the key points. It was, what, about seven minutes left in their own territory. Marine City went for it, didn't get it.
1: And they were I believe they were still in the lead at the time or by two points. I think they were yes. up 27 25 when they did that one.
2: I believe you are correct there. So that was what did you make of that decision? Again, it was, it was fourth and sh- short, right? Or I think not, it was like, like fourth
1: one. and seven or something really? like that. Okay. Again, I, I was think just. It, it was longer than way. that. Like fourth and one, fourth and three. I'm never going to doubt Marine City. Right. But when you get fourth and five or longer, unless you have to go for it. Again, I'm very conservative. And that, I don't like doing those things. And that wasn't a
2: fake. They just kept the offense out there. But, said, but
1: I, I'm I'm thinking again. He knows his personnel. He thinks he can make those yards, and he thinks he can run a play that gets him a first down. And it's Marine City. We see him do it all the time. Right. That's why like when this doesn't they happen. They make it work yes. more times than it doesn't work. This was a time where it didn't work. And then the time that I thought they would go for it, the next they possession. punted and played defense. Were, I mean, it worked out for them. They got the ball back, just not with a lot of time and not with the ability to stop the clock. They punted with
2: what, about three, four minutes left, down six. Where was, The ball was near midfield-ish, yeah. correct?
1: Like yeah, was, and that was the time I thought, okay, well, they went for it last time. They're going to go for it this time, but, you know, again, they're a lot smarter than I. I could not coach football at any level. Right. So they're a lot smarter than I am. They know their team a lot better. And and knowing the results, it's a lot easier for me to say, oh, I wouldn't do that. The fake punt, I wouldn't do. The fourth down plays, I mean, you you, you feel what you feel. If you don't feel like you're going to get a stop, then I guess you go for it. And the reason why it surprised me they
2: punted the last time was because Hammity's offense was cooking, and two – you went for it last time, so you go, okay, hey. Again, it, it's a style, whether you like it or not. Hey, you want to be aggressive on fourth down? Again, it drives people crazy, with da- some people with Dan Campbell on Sundays, but his
1: styles, go for it. I was just going to bring that up. See, with Marine City, I don't think it's a macho thing. Hmm. I don't think it's, we're a tough thing. I, I, I think they look at it and they go, we have a chance doing this or we need to do this because we're not doing this. Whereas with guys like Dan Campbell, I, I think it's it's just a macho thing, and we're going to be tough, and, try, and then you get stuffed all the time. But the the <laughs> point I'm making is, if it's your
2: style, if you're the guy who goes for it on yeah. fourth down, just be true to you. Mm-hmm. And if it's when you flip back and forth and you don't have the identity, is that's that was the only thing that raised the question mark in my head was, you were going for it, hey, I... You're aggressive. Again, if they get those fourth downs, people are praising Darren Letts and saying he's the smartest guy ever, and when he doesn't have it, people are questioning it. So that's why I was just surprised on that fourth down why they elected to punt. But, but I will say this. And they got the stop.
1: I will say this. When they were in uh, the position and they needed to be creative, mm-hmm. they ran the double pass to perfection and got a big play downfield that, again – when he caught the ball and he was gone, I thought, ooh, he may score. And then he got tackled, and then it was just a matter of uh, – they didn't have any timeouts left. And, again, I don't remember the situations where they used every timeout during the game, but I think they took timeouts when – I don't think they were wasting timeouts. They took timeouts when they needed to take timeouts. No, and this isn't
2: specific to this game, but, Dennis, you know one of my biggest things in – football is if you're in a close game five yards on a delay a game penalty are less important than keeping those timeouts because timeouts can be life support they can keep you in the game first half timeouts hey you can be a little loosey-goosey but unless it's like third and goal from the one five yards is not worth that timeout that's just always been my thing I've I feel like unless it is a dire situation, you keep those timeouts. That's just across the board, again, not specific to any situation.
1: And this might be a little more tongue-in-cheek by me, but I'm giving a game ball to the chain gang because there were a couple of first downs late in the game where they took their darn sweet time getting those chains reset. Good job, guys. No, I'm yeah. serious. That That's being on the ball. Yeah. There are a lot of groups – that wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't think, you know, our, we just made a 35-yard a play. Our guys need time to get down, get set up. We're right. running out of time, and the clock is going to be stopped until we're ready to go. Take your time. Walk it down there.
2: I actually think in high school it's supposed to start when the ball's set. Because the chain gangs aren't like professionals, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. But in high school, I think.
1: Well, they wait till they are basically in the vicinity to, to get set up. So, uh, it, uh, hey, it's a little thing. Oh, I know. But, but, if, but if it gives you five extra seconds to get to the line and get lined up, it's a big deal. Yes, it is. When when you're talking about we're down to 30 seconds to go in the game, it's an extra snap that you might get.
2: So, Marine City season comes to an end, and really, if we're we're being honest, the ceiling was probably win that game, get the district title. It makes it, what, three straight district championships. Then you go to Frankenmuth, and it's not often Marine City's a decided underdog, but this Frankenmuth team seems freakish.
1: If Hammity beats Frankenmuth, then Hammity has made a believer out of me.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> not No, you're not just going to be a believer. You're going to have to be like the Hammity number one fan. Yeah, and I, I, we'll, I,
1: I will find we'll, a we'll,
2: Hammity t-shirt and I will wear it. We'll report their scores until the state finals. <laughs> we'll be cheering for them if they make it there. I and, would
1: be, go Hawks, go.
2: But, um, no, it's a season where, hey, you come off a state title year or state – runner-up year, there's not a ton of programs that can reload. Like, Frankenmuth is one of the few examples in the public schools right now that have done that. They went to, what, finals, semifinals, and they're in the regional finals this year. And the teams they lost to the last two years were Grand Rapids Catholic Central twice. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, it was a weird game. I'm disappointed because I thought Marine City would win. I look back at it, and I see... Ways that they could have won, and I'm sure they, they looked at it too and said, man, we, we could have won this game. We should have won this game. But at the same time, I tip my cap to Flint Hammity because they made plays. Right. Like with the the Mooney
2: game where you said, hey, if you go out and you give a great effort and you just come up short. Like, again, if, if high school's 15-minute quarters and not 12, maybe we're talking about Marine
1: City playing Frankenmuth next week. If or- Marine City has... Twenty more seconds, maybe they win that game. If Muscat is six inches further to his right, he blows by that guy and gets a touchdown on the kick return. Yeah,
2: and again, you you could play the what if game either yeah. way. What if Hammity doesn't drop but a pick six? But
1: that's the thing, he wasn't right, and Hammity made the plays. Yes, so
2: but that's a game where. Again, it sucks they lose. I wish Marine City was getting ready for a game against Frankenmuth, but at the end of the day, I mean, it was two teams that went out there, battled, and you came up a bit short uh, on the scoreboard. There was no shame in losing that game because, Dennis, you saw a really, really good football team.
1: Yeah. It- and, and Brady was listening, so um, I blame him. <laughs> No. You're, you're still our team destroyer. No. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Look at all the teams you killed this year. Who? You, you, you killed Marine City by listening. No. Nope. You killed Mooney the night before. Fair. You killed Yale the week before that. One of our teams and is going to lose that BH. game. Fair.
2: You've killed Northern. You've killed Marine City. You're just I just not awful. kill
1: those teams. You killed Marlette. I did not kill Marlette. You are just as culpable. I, I, I gave Marlette a good chance to win. I let them score on their first two drives. Well, anyway. That they couldn't get a stop is not my fault. There's two teams we can't <laughs> seem to kill
2: that are immune to our hexes. Brown City and Ubly are both having very impressive seasons. They, one has a tougher test than the other, but uh, should be a fun couple of games. Brown
1: City must love me. They've scored 110 points in the two games I've gone to.
2: They do that routinely. But anyway, we'll get to that.
1: Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982 9281 open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match, because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer.
3: 800- 250
1: Offices located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC.
3: And our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, welcome back, uh, Dennis and Brady. Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck On Sports uh, podcast. The Ubly Bearcats, Brady. So Good. It's it's just again we say it every time it's just
2: dumb and and they're gonna have a test again this week Fowler I yes it's an upset against Peel City but when you look at what Fowler's done it's not like it's this oh my God what just happened like if Hammity beats
1: Frankenmuth
2: it was a good team that it was a really good team that beat a really really good team by a point
1: yeah. Uh, and I'd like to know what happened at the end of that game. Like, if it was a missed extra point, did they go
2: for two? Did they go
1: for two? Uh, yeah, yeah, but that was Beale City's first loss. So they finished ten and one, and they're the team that uh, knocked Ubley out last year in the semifinals. Uh, and a couple of years, they had a, a couple of years ago, they had a one point win. So Beale City has beaten Ubley twice by a combined total of six points. Yeah, and well, in two semifinal football games, the I big think it
2: is. thing is. This takes Ubley from take, having a road game to having a home game.
1: Yes, which is huge Yes, because Fowler to Ubley is not a short trip.
2: No, but Fowler has had a good season. Like we mentioned, their one loss was to Lanesburg, a 6-3 and three team that missed the playoffs, oddly enough. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, and they lost 27-14, but Lanesburg is a little bit of a bigger school. It's got almost 400 kids in it, so... L- Little, about double the size of Fowler. But they have wins over uh, Dansville was their, was a, one of their close wins who was a bad team. But Puamo-Westphalia was a win for them. And Westphalia isn't the team that you're used to seeing with them where they're winning D7 state titles like like it's nobody's business. But still, a good program. They beat Carson City Crystal twice this year. Obviously, the uh, Beale City th- win.
1: And Carson City Crystal's only two losses were those two games.
2: Right and they were handily taken care of by Fowler in those games. So Fowler has a good team, but, again, I think Ubley has just ascended to another
0: level.
1: Well, I mean, again, 41-7, 42-6, 57-16, 42-0, 66-0, 42-7, 42-8, 42-0, 69-6, and now their playoff games, 49-6 and 49-14. They've rushed for... Almost a thousand yards in two postseason games. Um, They had, I I think, in the the first round, they had three guys go over 100 or four guys. Either way. Uh, And then this week, they had uh, Heilig had 193 and five touchdowns. Maurer had 108 on seven carries and two touchdowns. And McCoyack had 96 on five carries. Yeah, and 10 tackles. And 10 tackles. So. And Brady said his name right on the
2: TV show. I did, Macoyak. I learned. <laughs> it, it's, still, it's still spelled like Makowiak or whatever, but it is Macoyak. I've learned. There, there are names that just aren't pronounced how they look, but anyway.
1: I like Makowiak. That's I also liked when, when the guy down at uh, Lakeview or Lakeshore, wherever I was, oh, said Malachi.
2: You'll never forget Malachi Mitchell.
1: Malachi Mitchell.
2: He was at Lakeshore. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, Ugly. it's going to be a tough game against Fowler. And I just don't know if Fowler is going to be up to the task. Because Seminary was a really good team. Very similar. I mean, look at what we'd say about seminary a week ago. Hey, they beat a, bu- a bigger team in Bullet Creek. They took care of Cardinal Mooney. Their one loss was to Ithaca, a bigger school yeah. than them, who's pretty good. They beat Harbor Beach the week before, and then they had no chance against Dublin. Yeah,
1: it was twenty-one to nothing after
2: the first yeah, quarter.
1: After the first quarter, and it was
2: forty-nine-seven going into the fourth. And again, they've given up 70 points, so they've given up 10 touchdowns this year. I bet you half of them have come in running time when they're just trying to get the game over with.
1: Yeah. Minimum. Um, and and you know, we saw Seminary's quarterback go crazy at East China Stadium. Mm-hmm. He had he had like 286 yards rushing and I know he had four touchdowns in the game. And His numbers, if you were to read that off, I'd say, oh, that's a decent game. But in comparison, like, Ubley shut him down. Yes. Like, they held him to 200 less yards. It
2: was like 80 yards. three fewer
1: touchdowns. And they made him turn over the ball.
2: Yeah, it was 80 yards, a score, and a fumble. Like, that's that's not a bad game. But for what he's done, that's a bad game.
1: Because I think we get caught up a lot in, in the offense and how Ubley runs the football. And obviously, they keep their defense off the field. But when their defense is on the field, nobody scores on them. I don't know if they keep them off the field because it seems like when we
2: read their drives, it's five plays or less, and it's usually (laughs) like a 40 plus yard touchdown run. And Ubbly has outscored opponents 541 to 70 now. Yeah. Do I need. And it could be 741 to 70 if they wanted to be jerks about it.
1: Oh, yeah. No, this. They're. Not a lot of teams, because, I mean, for the most part, they played a a tough schedule. But um, uh, two examples they beat Memphis 66 to nothing. They could have been in the 80s if they wanted to be. Yes. And against Reese, they won 69 to six. They could have been in the 80s against Reese if they wanted to be. And again, some teams will do that.
2: And again, they've only given up a second touchdown two times this year against Marlette and against Lutheran Seminary. And that wasn't against their starters. And again, they,
1: they had 50 on Marlette and they called off the, at half it was 50 to nothing. And, and, and they only scored seven points in the second half. So they called off the dogs in that game, too.
2: Yes. Um, they as far as we know, and I, I'm 99 percent sure on this, they've never been trailing. That's 11 games. We talked about it before, it, which is a stupid stat to go 11 <laughs> games like Dennis. You've seen really good teams and and I. And they've played bad teams. Like, I'll use an example. Marine City played Hazel Park, I think, two years ago. And it was, like, 0-0 midway through the second quarter. Marine City ended up winning the game, like, 49-6, to but... There are times where a good team gets off to a slow start, whatever the reason may be. Maybe it was homecoming and they had the festivities. Maybe they just weren't taking the team seriously. Sometimes you've seen a bad team get a touchdown first just to, you know, they had a good scripted plays and they get down the field, score, whatever, and they're trailing 7-0 and they win 42-7. to Ubbly hasn't even come close to that.
1: Yeah, it seems, uh, I, I will say that because you talked about it earlier this season um, about, like, at what point do you get bored? Well, clearly they don't get bored, and clearly they are ready to go when it is time to kick the football off.
2: Yeah, because seriously, okay, they're high school kids. Like, you are destroying teams. That that I give a lot of credit to the coaching staff, the kids. I don't know the particulars. But to get to the point where you are beating teams like this and – if they are cocky about it and if they are thinking, "Alright, we'll roll the football out," they don't play like it. And that's a really easy ment. That's a hard mentality to get rid of in college when you have when you're just stomping teams week in and week out. And yeah, I, I you can't say enough nice things about the Ugly Bearcats.
1: So, uh, they've made the playoffs 22 times. They're 37 and 21 in playoff games. Um they're 14 and 4 in their last 18 Playoff games. Now stop and think about that. Yeah, that's they haven't won a state title. So this is the last four seasons that they have gone to the playoffs. They have won 14 playoff games. They've lost semis, final semis,
2: and now they're in the regionals again.
1: They're the only area team to win five playoff games in a playoff. And not win a state title. I Love that because stat, the year you. the year they did it, the playoffs were six rounds. Yeah, and they lost to Centerville in the 2020 final. Most years, five wins get you the state title, folks. And yeah, this it, is, it did twice for Marine City and once for Harbor
2: Beach. You feel like this is going to be the year, like. If there's ever a year you look at these numbers, and that's got to be it, because they have a winnable game. Like they're the favorite against Fowler. However, I don't know if Brown City's the favorite against Martin, especially since they lost by forty-three points last time.
1: Yeah, that that's the the tough thing to get out of your head. Brown City's ten and one. Martin's nine and two. But the Clippers beat the Green Devils. For, Clippers, by the way, I think is a cool name. Uh, Forty-nine to say. I don't know that there's a Clipper is a ship, and I don't know that yeah. there are any any water near Martin. I don't even know where Martin is. Like
2: like how <laughs> Portland's in the middle of the state of Michigan? Yeah. I don't think there's a port in Portland.
1: <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how many boats sail out of Martin. Maybe Martin's right on the, I don't know, because I'm honest to goodness. Don't have a map in front of me. Haven't looked. It's, don't know uh, where I think Martin is. it's a is. little
2: east of Grand Rapids. Okay,
1: well anyways, 49 to 6 is a tough one to get out of my head. It is the absolute only blemish on Brown City's schedule uh, and otherwise I mean they just do what they do if if they get into a track meet they figure out a way to get the stop they need Mm -hmm. because nobody stops them Martin is the only team all year that has stopped Brown City so this is an interesting matchup because uh, I can kind of sense it too like I could see the gears churning in coach's head of we're going to go there and they're not going to do that to us again.
2: Yeah, they're going to shock a lot of people because you beat a team by 43, guess what, as much as, like we just said with Ubley, as much as the Martin coaches are saying it's not going to be that easy again, it's not going to be that easy again, there are kids going, we, we killed them. They came here and they scored one touchdown. Ooh, their big offense and they scored one touchdown. We just beat Lenaway Christian by by a million.
1: That's the other thing that scares me. Is they just beat Lenaway Christian what 56 to 14. That's the defending state champ. They just
2: beat. Yes, Lenaway Christian had lost two other games in their league to Colin and Climax Scott, so they weren't the same team, but that's still a very uh, quality win for Martin. I'm Adrian Lenaway Christian hadn't lost an 8-man game before this season.
1: Yeah, and and so when you do something like that to a program like that, I think that's a very loud statement and I think it's not just a statement that they were making to Lenaway Christian, it was a statement that they were making to Brown City and everybody else who's left in the state in 8-man Division 1 that the championship goes through Martin. You want to win a state title, you're going to have to beat us.
2: Well, Martin's been an eight-man team since 2019. They've lost in the regional, lost in the semi, lost in the semi, and those losses were to Lenaway Christian. So that was a little more personal
1: of a game for the Clippers. So uh, this, this is interesting because, again, I can't not say Martin's the favorite just based on the information that we have and the first meeting they won by 43. That's not an accident. You can't say, no. oh, it was a fluke. They they well, I, won on a fluky play by
2: whatever. I'm getting the feeling you're thinking the way you had a bad feeling about Marysville replaying Lanphier, the reason, the way you had a bad feeling about Mooney replaying Everest. You have a good feeling about Brown City getting another crack. Well,
1: I, I definitely don't think it's going to be 49. To, like, I'll be disappointed and surprised if it's a 49-6 to six game. I expect Brown City to be competitive this time around. Right. Like I I expect them to have a chance and if they did win, I wouldn't sit there going, "Oh wow, how did that happen?" I know Brown City is better than 49 to 6. I don't know how good Martin is. I got a feeling they're pretty
3: good.
2: Right. So, we'll we'll find out and I again Regardless of what happens at this point, Brown City's had an incredible first year of eight-man football, and they're establishing something, and I hope there's a buzz in that school, and it gets a few more kids out so that next year they pick up right where they left off. Hopefully they're in the stars, and hopefully they're competing for a league title.
1: Uh, I, I I think that that whole community is super excited right now. They should uh, I've be. only been out to a couple of games. But one was a Saturday afternoon, and and the whole damn town was there. Uh, And the other was a a Friday night, just this past Friday night. And again, huge crowd. It it was not unpleasant, but in Brown City, I don't know what it was like at, uh, at East China on Friday. But in Brown City, it was windy. Oh, yeah. It was warm, but it was windy. It was worse when I <laughs> went
2: to the west side when I was with Wayne State at Grand Valley. It was so windy that, one, the American flag got ripped off the pole, and, two, when Grand Valley ran out with their big flags, you know how they'll have uh-huh. one, they like say GVSU, the flag poles were bent by the time they slowly ran across the field. Like, it was on, like, a 45-degree angle. That's how <laughs> bad the wind was. The uprights were shaking.
1: It was the
2: windiest I've ever seen yeah. a football game. It, it was
1: a very uh, windy uh, night, which, of course, didn't affect Brown City. They threw the ball twice, and their one completion was a 12-yard touchdown pass on fourth and goal from the twelve.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> those games coming up this weekend, and that's all we have left in football. Hockey and basketball are starting soon. We're not quite there yet, but they're starting soon.
1: All right. Well, we'll have an interesting debate, though, when, when we come back here and we'll, we'll get more into it uh, after the break. Marysville
2: I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future.
3: Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools.
1: for all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com.
0: If you're not listening to Get Stuck on Sports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right. Welcome back, Dennis and uh, Brady. All right, so um, we're part of a, a, what are we, a group, an organization? What association. are we? An association. Blue Water
2: Sports Media Association. We mentioned this a bit Friday. I don't know. it. Everything's running together for me right <laughs> now. But uh, we, we went out with our awards. And again, for context, if you didn't listen to that show, the only teams eligible and players eligible were the BWAC, or five local MAC teams, and Cardinal Mooney. Because that's the one that we all, if we don't cover so all of them. 14 teams. Yes. we don't cover all of them, we at least see all of them. Like the time serial doesn't cover North Branch, but they see them when they play Crosslax or Armada or something like that. So that said, we had those awards limited to this. What I think we want to do is talk about, we'll go through the, the winners, and if we included our eight-man teams, if we included our GTC East teams, might be some tighter races i think in all of them
1: plus two i'd also like to just mention who are other people in the conversation like we right. we picked winners but we debated yes <laughs> yes we did we briefly <laughs> mentioned it before but we can go a little
2: more in depth all right dennis what what did you write at the top of your list all right
1: so team of the year we picked port here on northern
2: it was basically i mean week 9 made that one a lot harder but it was between them and north branch i think were the two we came down to and both set records, but we uh, splitting hairs. We came up with Northern. If we included all the teams, if it was just us two, Dennis, I don't think I think that would have been the most open and shut one. It would have been ugly.
1: Oh, uh, it, it would have been ugly in a landslide. How can you argue with what they've done this year?
2: And honestly, the runner-up might have been Brownson. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. Um, and and there were other teams. Like I brought up Cardinal Mooney just because, like, we looked at their checklist, right? Of you know. Uh, beating Shrine for the first time, beating Everest for the first time, winning a league title for the first time in a long time, going to the prep bowl. You know, we it was regular season, so we didn't count the the postseason, but they did win a playoff game this right. year for the first time in a long time. So I thought they had a lot of things on their checklist to at least be worthy of a, of a mention. But, and
2: I think if they win the prep bowl, they might win the award. But, yeah. again, w- a lot of these, we were splitting hairs. Um, I know, obviously, Marine City, Armada, Cross we're all talked about it in some way, shape, or form. But it was Northern who we ultimately settled on. But again, if it was just to get stuck on sports awards, it's ugly and I try to argue.
1: Yeah, because at the time, again, like, Northern was a league champion.
2: And this is just regular season their again. Their
1: only loss was by four points on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, at Mott, which is generally a tough place to play, um, their defense was stupid good this year. Um, again, un- until the playoff game, which doesn't count, and right? It hadn't been played at the time we did this. Um, they held everybody this year, <laughs> like maybe sixteen or less. May- maybe PH got a hundred yards rushing on them because of two big runs by Gavin Troy. Right. But otherwise, you know, no, nobody could run the ball on
2: them. All right, what was the next one we had? The
1: next one was Player of the Year, and uh, that went to Brendan Hazen later of Cardinal Mooney, and he got this one not just because of the offensive numbers. We're talking about a guy who rushed for nineteen hundred yards in the regular season and over twenty touch like twenty four touchdowns, something, something like that. that. He also plays defense, and he had one hundred and ten tackles
2: and. The- this was maybe the easiest one. The, the the big discussion we had was Gavin Troy because, again, he plays both sides. But if you brought in the other schools. Yeah. Now it, we're having a conversation. Yes. This becomes tough because Lettner, I mean, he set a state record for rushing yards in the regular season. Yeah. And he was sensational for Peck. And, again, I know Peck plays in the lower eight-man division, but that would have been, I think, a heated debate had it come to it because you set a state record. It's hard to – like, sometimes it becomes that simple. Like, you set a state record, probably wouldn't player of the year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, he, he certainly would have made there be a conversation –
2: at least. And I'm assuming he plays defense, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, be, because if he's not getting player of the year, he's certainly getting offensive player of the year.
2: Right. Because we to give more kids shine, if you win one, you're probably winning the other. So yeah, because you could
1: have made the argument Hazen later could have won player of the year, offensive player of the year, and defensive player of the year. So
2: if you win player of the year, you don't get the other one. Yeah. Um, so what was the next one, offensive or defensive Offensive defense? player of the year. Which went to Will Damasca. And this one was probably the most deadlocked we were because again, Gavin Troy came up, his own teammate Ryan Henney came up, and Gavin Espinosa came up, and we were splitting hairs with it. And-,
1: and there are, and you're you're going well. Where's Belly Grappi? Where's this guy? Where's Where's Tetler? They were hurt. They didn't play a full season, and that's why they weren't included in the final list. We
2: we I know we talked about Kyle Conan yep. in there as well. Uh but there were a lot of players that were up there. But again, the thing with Damascus, his numbers are good. They're not like eye-popping, and that's for a couple of reasons. One, because they don't need to be, because he can run the offense well and he has good players around him, and when they needed him to play well in big situations, he, he could throw the ball around, and two – because if you watch him watch or if you watch him run the offense, he runs it as smooth as any quarterback I've ever seen run the wing tee.
1: And they set a school record for points this year. Right, I mean, their their numbers were just ridiculous. Um, and he's kind of the hub that that all runs through. So maybe his individual statistics aren't as glossy as some others, but he makes sure that the other guys get theirs.
2: Yes. And he's can read the offense well, and he has those intangibles. And the other thing is, like with in the case of Gavin Espinosa, this might not be the best way to look at it, but when you're splitting hairs, you go, all right, who won the heads-up matchup? Will Damasca had a really good game that day, and uh, Gavin Espinosa struggled a bit.
1: Defensive player of the year was a tough one because – there, ultimately, we gave it to Fillinger at Elmont. He, he, I mean, he had like 80 tackles. He did a little bit of everything. Interceptions, everything. But there were a lot of guys that we talked about. We talked about Fletcher. at. We actually talked about a couple of guys at Northern. Fletcher being one of them. But he was hurt. Um, he, But he, he suffered an injury and, and missed some games. Um, and so that kind of took away from him a little bit. I mean, I, I still could make an argument for him that, you know. But... Again, but He's not the only guy there either, right? Hack, um, hack Well, we, we,
2: Armstrong was more specialty. Yeah,
1: but Armstrong had a had a good year, and if we could count the block punts, he probably gets the award.
2: Yeah, that probably falls in it. But again, if we open this one up more. A guy up at Peck, and it'd be weird that two Peck guys win something. Oh, and by the way, for offensive player of the year, you could have included a bunch of guys from Ubley and Brown City as
1: well. Oh yeah, so, I mean like that. Prusky, Heilig, Affer, Ford, Affer, Ford, Ford, Lawson, Lawson, Cooper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just
2: throwing that out there as well. So that would have been about a dozen people on a list that we would have had to somehow narrow down. Yeah. But um, for defensive, there's a guy up at Peck, Stephen Van Conant who set the school record for TFLs in a season, and he was north of 30, <laughs> which is stupid. For reference, Kirk Wilson last year had 26, I think, and he had an unbelievable year. Again, granted, eight-man a little different. Still, I don't care who, what level you're playing in Michigan high school football. If you have 30-some TFLs, you're a pretty damn good football player, and that would have been hard to argue against.
1: Uh, very hard to argue against and then I, I think we probably had our most fun picking coach of the year well because the coach of the year is maybe the most
2: abstract one because you can make different arguments and not be wrong it just depends what you value so for us I mean we it was coach Kyle Rowley ended up winning it first league title for Armada and. Eighteen years, and can I
1: say this? Yeah, it was not a unanimous vote.
2: no, it was <laughs> well, I don't think there's a few that weren't unanimous, and we ended up having to just decide, but um, the other names that were brought up, obviously the other BWAC champion uh Jeremy Furman, yep, you had Darren Letson at Marine City because all the injuries still won a league title, Joe Canella Mooney, did a great job there as well. Brought up Dan Perkins too, because like Marine City had a
1: lot of injuries, uh, and ended up getting a share of the title when it looked like they were down and out after losing to Northern.
2: And there's Northern. Larry, Larry Rollins. Rollins had a heck of a season. Eight, and, he's the team of the year. So you probably had a good coach. So it was, and it was like the more we got into the weeds, the less clear it became. But I think the biggest difference was. All of those programs, except for Mooney, had had some success before and maybe a bit of a reward for taking a program that was just always kind of there and making them a BWAC champion that when we started to get stuck on sports, I don't think we would have ever said Armado was going to win a BWAC title while we were doing this.
1: I might have, but I might not have been saying it seriously. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) I say a lot of things just to be flippant and push your buttons. (laughs) So there's, I mean,
2: I listed, what, half a dozen guys that could have won that award, yeah. and I don't think you would have been wrong. Like, I don't think there's one guy named there that you got. You picked him? Like, you could make an argument for any of them, and with that said, I don't know if any of them could have a better argument than Coach Cooper up in Brown City.
1: Yeah, he's he's another one that uh, that we should throw in there. And... Uh, Ubley? You're right. Peck? Peck, Ubley? Like, there's a lot of teams. Brown City? There, There's a lot, a lot of teams up there that uh, you could say, well, what about us? Right. Like, Coach Sweeney at Ubley
2: has done a great job. I mean, they... He didn't really have to worry about a second half. He was more worried about... That's a pretty good job. (laughs) He was more worried about how he was going to get all the kids in and who was going to play where in the second half than worried about winning a football game. So, uh, at any rate... So, those were what we did um, and, and how we went through it. Again, there could be a lot of debate. I mean...
1: Well, oh, there's always going to be a lot of debate because we're only going to make uh, one faction happy, and everybody else is going to go. What about our guy? And I'd
2: say, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> like you could have gotten four different people that knew the same information and went, nope, him, 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 and had f- f- five completely different awards. Yeah. And I wouldn't have, and I would have went, okay, I see why you think that way, but we, did, yeah. it's just how it ended up, um, and some of it, maybe if we
1: did it. On a different day, we would have felt a different way. I'm just telling you that I went to a certain place this week and got assaulted hmm. assaulted by people. Did you? <laughs> I anyway. say that with a smile on my face, yes, but anyway, <laughs> um anything else uh no i th- I think we should just end it there so that we don't get ourselves into trouble. All right, sounds good. <laughs>